What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. What you gonna do, brother, when Jeff Townsend Media runs wild on you? All right, all right, all right. This is Jeff Townsend, and Bill DeMont's with me here as always, and you are joining us for another live episode of the Bill DeMont Experience. I say live if you're listening or watching this later. We're actually doing this live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday across social media platforms. So if you want to be a part of the live interaction, make sure you join us live, Bill. What do you? I mean, it's fun. John, this is live. All those years of live television and, and things like that, I I I prefer this so much more coolest better than. Yeah, you're used to it, man. You, yeah. but you've been a little, you've been out of the live game for a while, and now you're getting back in it. You feel good about it? Well, I feel I feel good about it because we're in control of it. <laughs> that, that, that's true. I feel really good about it. We're 100 percent in control of it. Yeah, unlike other situations you've been in, this particular one we are. 100% in control of. So, man, uh, hopefully you had a good week. How's the foundation doing? I mean, we, we start every episode off with that because it's yeah. important. Super, super busy um, as we continue. Um, one of the things that got very busy for us over the past two years is Red Ribbon Week. And a lot of that with the elementary schools and middle schools, you know, talking about with the yeah. kids and, you know, things like that. So we had a very... Very cool week um, within the state of Florida. And uh, tomorrow evening I head out and we have a bunch of schools in New Jersey uh, next week. So uh, everything's going re- really good, man. Really. I had a great interview with a with a uh, a senior from American University in D.C. today who was doing a, a, a very interesting piece on um, impaired driving. And we had a, a nice 40 minute talk and. uh the foundation will be brought up in that. So when, I'm excited to see what she comes up with at the end of the semester with that. And, uh, but er- everything's going great, man. Thank you always for asking. And, uh, yeah, we just keep, keep moving forward in everything we do. You said last week, potentially some big news coming. Is is that still in the works? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep with the potential for now, potentially big news, uh, tomorrow, which would be Friday for everybody who's listening and not live with us. 
Friday the 27th, I should hear what I'd like to hear. And that'd be pretty, pretty significant news for the foundation. So I'm, I'm excited about that. That's awesome. So, I mean, maybe, maybe next week we'll hear more. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Fingers crossed. Say potentially. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So yeah, uh, the foundation is for a great cause. And of course you can go to jefftshirts.com and find the foundation t-shirt there. Proceeds, of course, go to the foundation. We're going to plug that. And I also had to plug Jeff t-shirts. Yeah, I like Jeff t-shirts. Um, I I like because listen, not only is my t-shirt coming to five X, but it's some of the other ones too. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start donning some more JT t-shirts soon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you'll be. No one will know what the hell you're wearing, but you'll you'll look cool though, dang it. I'll be the walking billboard. There you go. You can get the keep being you, keep being great shirt. Yes, yes. That's that's my favorite. Uh, that's definitely my favorite. Bill, tonight. Those listening live, they're going to see the title that I have titled this. It is Ric Flair is All Elite, and TNA is back. Now, before we dive into all this stuff, Bill, I must confess, I have not watched any wrestling this week except for clips. So but, usually I'm the one that's watched more than you. I think this week you've got me beat. We, we might be even this week, and... The only reason we might be, and there, here they are making their appearance, is always my my two hoodlum dogs. The, do- the, the, the chair is blocking the view. They tried to block him this time, but you see him. He's as big as the chair, and he just kind of moves it out of the way. <laughs> She's a Lou. Mano, come over here. I'm trying to talk here. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I, I think I'm with you. A lot of it had to do with, you know, I, you know, we're huge baseball fans in this house, so a lot of watching the, you know, the... Uh, championship series that were going on um and of course my my uh junior version of me played his last two varsity games for the fall season so we've been baseball heavy this week but i'm like you i've caught a lot of the clips i've watched a lot of the highlights from from everything um so i think we'll be on the same page i think we're good all right hey i'll take it man (laughs) so that being said let's let's kick it off with the major news that coming out First of all, I have not watched it yet, and I'm going to. There, There's a lot of people saying that this was their favorite episode of Dynamite ever, AW Dynamite, last night. I've heard different different opinions uh, from it, and I think a lot of it had to do with, with uh, Ric Flair coming out. I did catch the last part of um, last night's show. You know, I'm, uh, I like when I don't know what's going on. Because I think we've talked about it in the past. A lot of things we could miss a bunch of weeks and not really miss anything. But yeah. I, I think they had a good cliffhanger for a finish. but Which I haven't seen yet, so I don't want to sit here and act like I, I'm an expert on it. Well, I'm going to leave it like that because I don't want to ruin it for you because I'm really not a fan of spoilers. But the Flair thing, the best part about Ric Flair coming out to me was Sting's reaction. Yeah, and we're going to, ha- and I have that. I have that. Yeah. So if you if you want me to go ahead, I can go ahead and we'll get yeah, it off. Yeah, hit it, man. That was the best part to me. Let's, let's hit it and uh, make sure I got the right one here. That Tony Khan has a very special gift for Sting. And I'm proud to bring out that special gift right now. Well, what is it? Do you have any idea?
Beach Boy, Ric Flair. So much history, as you said. I'll never forget that Clash of the Champions match. It put Sting on the map. He referenced it thanks to Flair. You know that in life, there are moments that are magical. They're few and they're far between. And that's the magic of the chemistry of whatever you do in life that makes you the best. I, 35 years ago, 35 years ago, this gentleman and I set history on TBS. First Clash of Champions against WrestleMania. And brother, I've told him this when I inducted him in the Hall of Fame, to go 55 minutes in a match 35 years ago or tonight is hard. He never took a deep breath. He lived up to all the potential and he is not only one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of our business, one of the biggest celebrities, but damn it, he's probably the nicest guy I've ever known. So when I got an invitation, and I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart, when I got an invitation from Tony, Mr. Khan, to come and be part of this band, I want to be right all the way till, is it March, I guess? Damn it, that time flies, my brother. If you'll have me, man, I want to ride the wagon with you, man. <laughs> uh, talk about putting somebody on the spot, right? <laughs> uh, so let's let's start off with the obvious question. What does that mean? I, I, I think, you know, so if you go by everything that's gone, because, you know, this this blew up every social media platform on the planet. And, and I think, you know, this leads to a lot of people guessing, but here's what I, here's what I here I'm going to be the Debbie Downer. Here's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see Rick wrestle in AEW. <laughs> I don't. And I say that with all due respect and sincerity. Are, are you and referencing that? Because uh, just this video, I mean, cuts off, but what happens is, one of my favorite heels of all time, Christian Cage. The best. One of the yep. best heels of all time, no doubt. One of my favorites. I'll go on the record and say it every day of the week. Yep. Comes out. He kind of throws out a challenge for uh, Darby Allen and Steen to gather up a tag team partner. They could use the old, he said, a classic Christian, another great Christian Cage promo, quite frankly. He kind of mentions, hey, you want to tag, you want to have Ric Flair tag along? That's fine. But his pacemaker might give out. He references something like that. Is that you're referencing? Is that you're bringing up here, Bill? That it was kind of partially, maybe potentially teased, but not really full out. Yeah, I, but I think you were going to get that from whether that was the conversation before the evening or not. You're going to get that from from Flair. He's going to give the people like the the man's a master. Yeah, of manipulating the crowd and getting the people invested in things and. Uh, so I think that the tease, the thought of Flair getting in the ring is what's going to draw a different audience for, for AEW. So I think there's a lot of things that went into this. I personally don't want to see Rick wrestle in AEW. I would love for him to be the corner guy and get the, get the, get the, the bings in there on, on certain, you know, heels and things like that along the way. But Sting's screwed. He has to do this on his own. Darby Allen's banged up, can't do anything. 
He's banged up from that Christian Cage match. Well, he and he's banged up from the stupid stunts he does when he's not wrestling. I mean, let's face it. The, the things he does, uh, I mean, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Um, but I think Sting's got, he's got guy with one arm. He's got flair. And I think Christian was the perfect segue to all of that, tying it in. I think that really brought everybody back to the show when when Christian came out. Um, but I think you're going to see Sting do the do the greatest hits. I, the, you know, from what I understand, there's talk of him and Edge tagging and and you know some of the top baby faces in the company tagging with Sting along the way. I mean, I would personally, I would love to see a surprise every month so three what three or four more surprises every month somebody coming out i'd love to see luger come out i'd love to see you know stings guys come out and and things like that and we may see that but uh, i think it was really cool for flair to say hey if you'll have me brother i'm here for the for the for the long haul which is till march so genius to me is you bring a different crowd into AEW now yeah uh flair did Oh, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't know how recent, it was recent. It was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he basically said that he really can't be involved with WWE right now simply because all the other business dealings he's involved in, they're going to want a cut of it. So that's going, that, that deterred him away from any sort of a legends deal and all that, which I'm sure opened the door for this situation where. Tony Khan, probably legally a little bit more reasonable. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. An allowance on that, so which I think probably brought was able to bring Ric Flair in easier. He's probably more negotiable with the crowd. And the, the, I don't know if it's the correct word or not, but the loyalty to Vince... Does it need to be there because Vince isn't there anymore? You know what I mean? It's not the same company, so I think yeah. it's a little a little easier to sleep on that. Because um, he has gone pretty public saying he's how much he respects Vince McMahon. Yeah, and he, you know, his relationship with with uh, Hunter and mm-hmm. and everybody else. But uh, you know, it's uh, listen, Flair's one of the best, and he's one of the best businessmen there ever was in this business so he's making more money now than he probably was ever yeah and he's gonna take he's gonna take advantage of the opportunity so good good on him good on uh i'm gonna hold off on saying good on tony khan for getting that get i want to see where it goes just as a fan i'd like to see where it goes but it's a good it's a good jumping off point man how do you go wrong with flair coming out and I mean, you had Shib- for people that were there during that time, you had Shivani Sting and Flair in the ring again on a TBS show. Talk to us about that, Bill, because you were a part of WCW for all those years. How were these two guys, these two guys being Ric Flair and Sting, how are they viewed in that company? But I'm not just talking, obviously I know how I viewed them, how the how his fans view them, but talk to us backstage and it was like for all you and the guys, gals. For, for people that weren't caught up in all the, Hullabaloo, and I say the politics of 
all the things that were going on. And, and Flair's very vocal about how the company was run the last, you know, X amount of years. And, and Sting will talk about it. And we all talk about it. But, you know, Flair nailed it. Like, Steve Borden is one of the nicest guys walking walking the earth. I he mean, always avoided that political yeah, and, culture and, there, didn't he? You know, for, for all of us who had a chance to get to know him as a person, you appreciate it. I mean, we all have our moments where we fly off the handle or something like that, especially in this business, you know, when you're when you're passionate about it and you you know you feel a certain way. But he was highly regarded as just one of the I you know, I feel like he could in in my eyes, he couldn't do anything wrong. Like it, if you cut the first time I got to step in a ring room, I was like, this is the coolest crap ever. Because he was genuinely a, a good guy who wanted good things to happen for the people he was around. And then Flair was Flair. He's, you know, he's the goat. So, but Rick kept to himself and kept to his people because it was a different atmosphere back there. But one, my best memory of these two, you know, and everybody's talking about the clash. Personally, the night they, they worked together in Panama city to say goodbye to WCW. That was huge, man. It was huge. There was no, and 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 listen, Shane McMahon and everybody knew that going into it, this is the right way to end this. Was to have Flair and Sting go out and do what they did. Just a, a you know, I don't know their personal relationship. Naturally, we all see it on playing out on TV now. And, you know, when, when Flair in, inducted Sting and all those things. But there's a genuine respect for each other. And, and you know, what, what happens? So I think it's... And then you get Shivani, who sounds the same as he did back then. And he's there and genuinely excited to see that yeah, yeah. happen. The funny part to me is, that, you know, Sting's face. And I was listening to, and knowing me, it was probably uh, uh, LaGreca, you know, Dave. Yeah. Dave on Busted Open was saying, how, do you, how did you hide Sting? I mean, how did you hide Flair the whole day? Because that was a genuine reaction. And yep. if you're if you're Rick, like you're not just sitting on a bus. Rick wants to go out and meet everybody, see everybody, and and hug people, and oh yeah, he wants to be around it. So I think it was really cool to see that uh, reaction. But to me, I thought it was really special. I I I, and I really appreciate the fact they kept going back to on TBS. And yeah. I think, it, it, and to me, that's the thing, in my opinion, that's going to draw a. Di- it's not going to draw the typical AEW fan in. It's going to draw wrestling fans in, and it's not. That's not a shot at AEW fans. Just AEW fans are different. They, you know, they they're 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 a different animal. They're loyal to it. But I think there's going to be a crossover now, and I think there's interest in seeing what what happens from here. The other the other thing I thought was really cool was watching a young man like Darby Allen watch all this happen in front of him. Yeah, because his the look on his face was like. I'm I'm watching wrestling history here, you know, like so that was really that I thought the whole thing was really cool. I'm a big fan of nostalgia and for really cool moments, so I think that was one of them. And and to your point, going back to your point that I I never want to forget, Christian coming out and raining on that parade was the greatest thing ever. He's the best. I mean, <laughs> I'll say he's the best heel in wrestling because he's. I mean, Roman Reigns is in and out, and he's he's still great. But to me, I. I Vintage Christian Cage heel is just amazing. Total uh, package. He can talk. He can work. He can perfect heater, man. He yeah. just just put that 
he just draws heat. Yeah. I mean, for uh, he's obvious, and we've I've talked about him on a million different occasions, but one of my favorites of all time, I think, incredibly underrated, like we said before, but he's definitely best as heel. And I don't know who you have they have there, or in WWE really, that'd be any better than what well, he just gets it, and he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't break from what he's doing either, you know. Oh. Um, and, and part of that's because he's so damn headstrong and believes what he's doing is the right thing to do on and off camera. But I, I think that he's the, the, to forgive the pun, he's the total package because he walks it and talks it the same way. Like everything matches up. This believable from start to finish. There's no, he never phones it in. You know what I mean? He never phones it in and he takes advantage of every opportunity he has. And he's another guy. He's such a pro that everyone around him gets lifted up into his, you know, his orbit of what he does. You know, yeah. I, I so obviously Edge coming back out of retirement was so big. Yeah, and the way he went out was so you know it was actually sad. Let's just say it. He did have that moment though where he retired. Well, well Christian on the other hand is kind of like he's had a couple concussions and you just never heard from him again. Yeah. So to me, when he came back for the Royal Rumble, as you remember. Yeah. Then short, I mean, then you kind of wondered, is he going to be back? Then shortly thereafter, he's with AEW, which yeah. to me was exciting because we're going to get to TNA today. But what he brought to the table and the years he put in TNA were just absolutely incredible. And to me, to see him get some more time is great because he didn't even get a goodbye. No. And, it, and for a career like that, not to even get a goodbye. And it's a travesty to think that we may never see Jericho and Christian get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. It's a travesty to think yeah. that because they both had that that career. But I think I, I mean I, I think Christian and Edge as a tag team is a possibility because we've seen them do that with people like like Booker T. Um, NWO guys that yeah or some they do have a couple timers. I mean, like I think Sean Waltman's even a couple times, right? Yeah. So I think that's possible. But Christian as a single career, I think if you really match it up with other people they've inducted, he's still a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It just I don't know if you'll let alone both of them. I don't know if you'll ever get that. Right. Right. And that's that's a travesty. But, but then think- again, he seems to be a pretty credible business guy and doesn't burn any bridges and in fact you always hear the story back when he was in uh he came back to wwe from tna and dixie carter they wanted to induct rick flair in the hall of fame in wwe so they arranged an agreement with dixie carter where she could pick who she wanted to come back to the show in exchange for who could be on the show from wwe in exchange for them being able to use rick flair and i don't know if she could pick top level people like undertaker or cena but she chose Christian. I mean, yeah. that just shows you that he 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 seems to do the right things and not burn bridges along the way. Yeah, he's he stand. You know, he's a stand up. He's a stand up cat. Um, and we we're, and I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about it. If not tonight, we will talk about it as we go forward with TNA. But I believe some of Christian's best work was done in TNA. Oh yeah. And and we can talk about that as we go forward because the same thing has been said about Kurt Angle 
and a, and a couple other superstars um, that their best work was done there. So, but Christian is one of those guys. And I think it's, how funny is it that we had Sting and Ric Flair in the ring and no disrespect to anybody, but we're, we, we have more to talk about with Christian. And so it's, it's, I, I go back. So I want to segue back to Adam Copeland. It was a big deal that he was there, but now everything else that's going on, that's kind of the, the, I don't want to say the thrill is gone, but it's kind of just another acquisition. You know what I mean? It's another top superstar, legendary guy who's, who's with AEW now, it, but. Because it, it feels like they're trying to, sorry to cut you off. It feels like no, they're trying to figure out how to handle him cautiously. Yeah. And that kind of, and that was never the case with Christian on, on TNA or hit, hit, when he debuts this, let him loose. It doesn't seem to be like, we got to really overthink about how we're going to book this guy. In fact, you just kind of let him do his thing. And I think that's why he's able to, I mean, if he's sliding under the radar and people, if people are realizing how great he is, that's kind of silly, but I think that's what kind of allows him to do what he does, you know? Yeah. But, but it's that thing of you bring in this legendary talent, and within a month or so, he's just another member, you know, on the roster. And it's unfortunate how these things play out, right? But, be, you know, Sting, Sting's retire. So that takes, you know, that comes to the front burner. Flair's there, comes to the front burner. Christian, who's what we're talking about most here. And, you know, but you see these, you see these guys and girls that come in. And, and don't get me wrong, we see the same thing in WWE. There's this big push for this talent. Then when they get there, there's so much other business to do. But that was my fear, if you remember when we talked about Edge leaving, was how long does he stay smoking hot? And will will that fan base keep him hot? Christian's going to be there, and he's going to be consistent. He's yeah, going to... You know. But I think he's one of those guys you have to have out there all the time to appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, exactly back to my point. You know, it feels like they're trying to handle him with kid gloves, per yeah. se. Which, I mean, WWE does the same thing when they bring somebody in. They don't yeah. want to, somebody significant. They don't want to make them look bad, but they don't yeah. want them to bury everybody. I mean, like, there is a fine line, but I think that's different for how Christian's handled with Edge. Yeah. Yeah, but and that's allowed him to have some good opportunities, especially once he they weren't tag teaming. But I'm sure Adam is in kid, you know, has a good bit of control of what he's doing, and they, oh yeah, it's well scouted out. So my 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 view is from like a fan standpoint of hot cold, hot cold, hot cold. When when do I when am I supposed to get behind Allah? And here's a bad comparison. I don't mean it this way, but Warden, he comes back, he does the same thing he did when he left. Who yep. cares? Uh, when am I supposed to believe in this thing? You know, when am I supposed to get behind it? So you always it, go back to Ward, though, Bill. It always goes back to Ward. No, I understand, too. I, I definitely see a lot. In, and I think everybody does. But then again, it seems like there's almost like a dilemma on how do we handle this make, we'll just say superstar, like Adam Copeland. Yeah. But yet still... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Build our own guys appropriately. Our, our original guys or just trying to build people in general. That might be where AEW has struggled a little bit. Yeah. They do have pillars of people that have been there and been significant. Yeah. But it's the developmental part. So you bring in the CM Punks, which is great. You bring in Adam Copeland, which is great. You bring in the Sting, which is great. But it's also how do you develop your current guys as well? And that's that's something they're still navigating through as a young company, it appears. Yeah, and 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 one of their shows should be designed just for that. If if you're gonna do it like the NXT, right? It's a, and you and I talk about the development part of it. Yep. They have to make one of their shows, in my opinion, designed just for that. Yeah. And because and uh, here's the example of why I say that. We saw that the one half of the Australian tag team, the, the kid who's not hurt, the tall kid, the good, yeah, yeah. I, I forget his name, um, but he confronts um, Kenny Omega's nemesis. Jeez, I forget everybody's name, right? Don Callis. Yeah. So Hobbs steps in his face and that kid doesn't back down. Well, Hobbs, right before that, put Jericho in the hospital. Why isn't this kid afraid of him? Why is it? Those are the things I look at as when you're building these, these, these characters and these personalities and these and these superstars. There's nothing consistent. There's no. I don't know if there's no. I'd like to think there's more thought put into it, but it just comes off. So who am I supposed to get behind? I know it's not about Hobbs. So, she's. I. Everybody in the world should never get face to face with Hobbs after that Jericho thing. Right. And then to me, that's what would keep Hobbs strong, even when he's not working. You know, so it, that's that's where, where I look at it. Like I said, and I always look at it from different through different classes, because I I want to watch the prod for what it is. But then I go, wait a minute, there's there's no consistency, and that's what I that's always my fear. Whether you're a veteran and legendary coming in, or whether you're new and up and coming and coming in, is just always that stop start. No, no, we'll start it again. We'll stop it again. Because to me, that's a telltale sign of things aren't going to go very far in that it, for that character, that person. Yeah, I'm sure there's some different... And you, we don't know how involved the, all the wrestlers are in AW. Right. But you're trying to honor their creative ideas. Yeah. But yet, you know, you still have to get back to the basics, so... I think AEW's obviously, I think they're doing fine, honestly. But uh, yeah, so summarizing this topic here, I we said it last week. I'm glad that Sting gets these moments. Yes. Uh, he's had some unofficial, you know, retirement thing. I mean, made the comment he wouldn't wrestle again after WCW. Uh, made, the, made the comment he was hurt and couldn't wrestle again after yeah. Buckle Bomb. But I mean, this is actually in a, a moment... For Sting, that's well deserved is one of the best characters ever in yeah. professional wrestling. Yeah, and well timed out to say because we talked about it last week. 
when he was making that announcement, it was very flat in the crowd. So very well thought out, being in Philadelphia, doing all these things, a, a, a true wrestling town, Philly, and, and, you know, having the nature boy out there and everything. It was a much better response. I think a much more deserving response to everything that was going on. And I, I think if they keep this up, it's really going to keep people intrigued. And and I, like I said, I hope there's more of this coming down the line. First thing is, as they continue to do this, there's a ton of there's a ton of men and women they could bring out through his career that would mean something to him. And uh, really, really cool. So you can't understate also how incredible Flair and Sting moments have been, and. And like it's it's mentioned in the video we just shared, and if you watch, go back and watch the episode Dynamite. Flair, an absolutely huge part of development of Sting. Yeah. Well, the the story goes that Flair, Flair was the one lobbying for Sting to become the NWA champion. Other people believed in, and other people, you know, they didn't believe in Sting, and but Flair stayed with him and believed in him. And, and, you know, and let's not forget the things that Flair's going. Hey. The, our first time out of the gate together we went 55 minutes. I don't care that he wasn't breathing heavy. I don't care. 55 minutes, dude. Insane. And that's when, you know, where's where Sting coming out of? He was down in world class and he'd been some other places, but he was nowhere near the territory he had walked into. And, and in 1988, Flair was the walking wrestling god. So go 55 minutes with that man and then wonder if you, you know, I don't know if you're wondering, did I do a good job? Did I do that? As long as Flair was happy and you know, something clicked because here we are 35 years later and Flair says, yeah, I'll be by his side for the, for the last leg of this thing. Really cool. Yeah. Those guys really catered to live audience as far as yeah. performance went. Last thing I'll say, if you're uh, talking about the bloodline a lot, but uh, you should be checking out Christian cage. <laughs> Let me let me end it with that. I can't can't yeah, let he, that go. He's amazing. He's amazing. So, man, w- the second topic on the title of this this what we've posted out here live. Yeah, for those of you listening live, we appreciate it. it it's uh, and if you aren't, feel free to join us live. It's a fun interactive experience. Yeah, tell someone to jump in, tweet them, to X them. What do we? Is it the X people now, or do you tweet them? <laughs> AEW bought a senile Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chad, for that. Uh, one of the live people listening. Uh, <laughs> definitely joke. And I think the thing, Flair never wants to get out of that spotlight, man. He lives for that. It, it, so I, I know there was a bunch of old guys like me that have been around and were taking personal bets with themselves that Flair wouldn't have got to the ring without crying because Rick's a very emotional guy. Oh, yeah. And that's just where his heart is. This is his life. This is what he does. This is the people being in front of the camera, doing all these things. So, you know, and that's the that's the thing I say in a very lovingly way. It's like he made it all the way to the ring without breaking down and crying. Um, yep. But it's really cool. And Chad, no matter what version of Flair we get, um, as long as we get to see him come down some aisle, some ramp on some TV, I think people should really acknowledge it and take advantage of it. And the, the the beauty of YouTube is everyone can go back to that clash in 88 and watch that match and, yep. and get it. And I think that's what will happen with this AEW fan base. They're going to start looking at some of these men and women they have now and going, son of a God, there's, there's some stuff here. Yeah. 
So ultimately made more people back to WWE content. Yeah. But okay, so we'll we'll go ahead and move on. TNA, Bound for Glory. Okay, not TNA, Impact. We'll get to TNA. Bound for Glory took place. I've only watched clips of it. Seemed to be, you know, I don't think there's like bad Impact Wrestling shows. Uh, I just think it's about damn near impossible to find sometimes. But I mean, with that with that being said, it seems like from what I've watched that it was a great, uh, bound great event. Obviously, anytime Mickey James is involved, I'm going to be. I've watched that match. Uh, just like I said, my favorite female wrestler ever. Just kind of lines up with my youth too, right? I mean, her coming yep. in and so always seeing her is great. And seems like the pay per view went well, man. But they did make a big announcement during the pay-per-view and I'm going to go ahead and we'll segue into this short yeah. clip. I'll show a preview of the clip that TNA released. I mean, <laughs> they keep saying it when <laughs> impact released stating they'd be going back to TNA. So we'll, we'll show this, then we'll get to the discussion. Okay. I think we all know why we're here. I can still hear it. People want to pretend that it went away, but we're reminded of it every day. All of you, you're my brothers and my sisters, and I feel it in my core. Professional wrestling is bleeding. There needs to be a change. This is that change. And to get there, we have to go back where it all started. I look around and I know that if we had everything that we wanted, then that means we didn't want or dream big enough. They thought it had been written. They thought that the book was closed. Let's rewrite those pages. Replace them with our own words, with our own story. Sleep is the cousin of death, and we've been slept on for the last time. We are the kings and queens of our own stories. In this story, it's time for the next chapter. All I've ever wanted was to be here, a part of this, a part of something bigger than any one person. Now, I can. I guess there's only one thing left to do. TNA, great video package, by the way. Yeah. They've always had a pretty underrated production value to their show. Uh, for the resources they have, they've, in my opinion, this is my opinion, they've done an incredible job with production value on their product. This is another example. You know, you, you, laid, you, you said it, and we've talked about this in the past. It's so, and I think that's about to change, but it's so hard to find or get to get to that you almost have to wait for the YouTube versions to come out and, 
and the things that people post because um like i'll just say like it just in the climate if, if it's too hard to get to people just don't go to it um but the talent that's there the leadership that's there the the um the veterans that are there this is a solid group and that's all you hear <clears throat> from this from this company so you know naturally there's been a lot of controversy right this week and Oh, well, the, the kiss of death, I think Jared said, that's the kiss of death, bringing back, you know, that brand dead in the water, you know, before it starts. Um, and then other people are going, wow, I'm really excited to to see what's what's going to happen. My thing is now I want to see what they're going to do to bring more eyes to the product because TNA was very easy to to get a hold of. You knew where you could go every week for TNA and, and to, to do those things, and it's been a little difficult, you know, with uh, TV deals and things like that. Um, I'm also very interested to see what they bring back from the the past of TNA, knowing how uh, impact- not the ring because nobody wants to work in that ring. Well, that's I I, I think Scott Demore came out and said there will be no six sided ring, right? It's going to be uh, a professional wrestling ring and, and things like that. But I'm very interested to see if if AEW continues their relationship with TNA like they had an impact because for a while there we saw crossovers and yeah and things like that. So you see the Samoa Joes on that clip they showed and and Sting and and these things, you know. So I I'm excited for them. Um I don't think it was a bad idea. I think there's more buzz around the old impact now TNA again than there's been in quite a while and I think it's more mainstream. I one thing about TNA, and, it, and it's the case with AEW as well. Bill, they did historically. I mean, not I mean, maybe recently, but historically, they did really well internationally speaking. Yes, uh, and AEW does as well. I mean, what, let's be honest: the UK AEW is uh, way bigger <clears throat> in comparison, just by ratio. I mean, obviously, it's more people, but yeah. I'm just saying here. But it, it's 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 significant there, and TNA was as well internationally speaking. And when you read a lot of things online, it's indicating that they want to get back into tapping into that, for one. And that brand still has a credible image, you know, globally, well, internationally. Obviously, losing Spike was the kiss of death. Yeah. And they they booked their way into it. They made some bad business decisions. But, I mean, all in all, that company has been significant for professional wrestling. It was really the only alternative for from WWE, WWF after WCW was yeah. purchased by WWF. And it lived to it in the sense of how it in the number of significant talent it developed. You see these guys all over the place now. It was big for Kurt Angle, obviously. That's a little bit yeah. different. I don't think he had much more time left the way he was going in WWE. Right. Uh, it wasn't gonna last. So it's a, it's a second opportunity for him. It's an opportunity for Sting that there's a good chance he may not have done anything ever again right? if he hadn't got involved with that. And you talk about people like Samoa Joe. There's just so many people that use that. Austin Aries, you know? Yep. And I'm fortunate enough to get to know a few of these TNA people. And like Austin Aries is a, maybe controversial. He's a great dude. But this gave those kind of people a platform, man. The people that were coming out of things like Ring of Honor, 
that maybe even AJ Styles, man, he had a WWE WWF tryout match. Yep, yep, passed sure on did. him. Yep, passed on him. Which okay, but these guys are able to go there and become a part of something significant. And throughout the years, it really felt like they had this us against the world mentality as far as what they were accomplishing with what resources they had. I think it was a significant part, and it gave a. I mean, it got a little over the top when you brought in Hogan and Bischoff, but it was still TV that I watched. But it's been a breeding ground of some guys that when there just wasn't any room in WWE, just to be completely honest, it it, it did allow these people that were more than deserving an opportunity to have a career and make some money. But so now let's, excuse me, now let's look, and, and this is right, this is where my mind goes. Because we talk about how internationally successful it was. Do you think with the talent that's there now, and it's not a knock, but you got to remember the talent that was in TNA that internationally drew the people in. Who are your... Now, I want to take out... And I'm going to make this a a terrible terrible discussion because I'm going to take Bully Ray out of it. I'm going to take Mickey James out of it. I'm going to take... I'll tell you what. That's the only two I'm going to take out of it. Who are your international draws on TNA right now that when they go somewhere that they don't have to bring in TNA stars from the past. You see what I'm saying? Because the, yeah. And the way I look at it is AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, uh, cats like that, when they were in TNA, they were young. They were making a name for themselves, but they were young. They still grew up there, though. Right. But now you take an Eddie Edwards and, and, and these guys that have been in the business now for 15, 20 years coming on or whatever yeah. it is. Are they the draw? Who Who's going to be the... And I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm asking as a fan and as someone who wants to see how it progresses, how they're going to attack that... Attack that thing. Is Trinity the one that's going to draw them in? Is Eric Young, who's who's a veteran of this game, mm-hmm. going to draw them in? And, and so that's what I, I'm very curious to see how it's going to happen. Are we going to see that that thing about wrestling that people feel like, okay, now we're doing this, but we got to bring these people in to make them better. That's a good locker room. That's a, that's a hell of a talent pool in former impact now TNA. And I, and I'm, I'm very curious because I've been around this business long enough to know that now that this happens, do they feel like they need the extra push of people to legitimize this? Are they going to stand with the, the men and women that have been there and then standing there doing this thing and and run it. Hey, great point. And you know, when I I obviously think of names like Chris Saban, Alex Shelley. There, there's yep. Alex Shelley, Frankie Kazarian. Frankie Kazarian. Come on. I, you know, I think of people that are great, but you're right. I mean, I see your point. Like, as far as huge drawing power, who do they have? The answer is they not necessarily anybody. They gotta rely first of all, I, I think their operating costs are pretty damn low. Yeah. So I, I think that under that department, uh, they over-succeed for what they're doing, probably, right. just to be completely honest. Right. But yeah, you're right. I mean, huge draw, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, you know, because you don't have Ken Anderson, who's he's a good dude. He was, yeah. was really big for him. Bully Ray, AJ Styles isn't coming back. Um, 
then they did a really good job of doing kind of what AEW is doing. They had uh, they had like Rhino, they had Scott Steiner. Who else? They yeah. have uh, they had the Hardys and stuff. Yeah, I don't know who they're going to grab to do to answer your question. I don't, I don't that, know. But it, so that's my question: Are they going to, um, are they going to dig deep and try to do the nostalgia thing? Are they going? This is this is my team, and this is who I'm running with. You know. And then I'm really curious. Like, here's my side note: If all this was happening, here's one of the guys that's um, he's a free agent now, Sammy Callahan. With all of this going on, why would he leave the company? Or was this not planned out before? Or is this, you know, one of those things? So you take a name like Sammy Callahan, who is recognized, but now he's not. So I, I wonder, I yeah. wonder what what the what the concept's going to be and the and how the leadership goes about it. But I'm excited for them, and I'm excited that they did it with TNA. I think it's a good. I don't think I know it was a good brand. It doesn't hurt anything with what they're. No, no it doesn't. It what, doesn't what's the obvious there? It doesn't hurt them whatsoever. So I'm excited to think that they get back on a more um, nationally recognized, you know, program and and things like that. And I know they have the talent to do it. I'm just curious to see how they're going to go about drawing drawing that audience, making that bigger audience a wider audience. And I'm I'm very curious to see if they still have that relationship with AEW. It's a great point, but let's go back to the big picture here. They eventually had to secure a better television deal. Yeah, that's, that's going to be ultimately that's that's really what it comes down to to sustain any kind of motion, you know, forward motion and 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 keep building it. That's that's ultimately what it comes down to. But I'll say it again: been a big uh, TNA fan. Yeah, I thought they were a great alternative to WWE when it got a little just stale, honestly. Uh, I thought they were doing some great things, so I'm always on board with supporting them. And yeah. hey, more more jobs is always a good thing. Or steady jobs for the industry is a good thing. Keep before, it, yeah, keep it going. Before we segue out of this completely, let's kind of stay on topic here. And I don't know this in detail, and I'm not sure anybody does, but Billy Corgan did announce that NWA has reached some sort of TV agreement with TV deal with CW. Have you have you heard this? Yes, I've heard I've heard the snippets and I kinda like I said, I try to kind of listen to the interviews after I miss them. Um I'm I'm like a lot of people, I'm a big Billy Corrigan fan. I've never met him. But yeah. I appreciate his um his insight into the business. One, he's a fan, you know what I mean? Yep. <clears throat> and he's kept this thing going and I feel like he's done it the right way. He's uh, done the business justice. And I was excited for him to say that he hear that there's more coming. That he's branching out, and I and I think NWA is that brand when it comes to pro wrestling. Yep, that stands the test of time. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he does. And there's a resurgence of the business right now, and people are coming out of the woodwork and and start to announce these deals because let's face it, whether it was a show like Heels or or anything else that brought it back to the mainstream. Wrestling's on fire right now. It's actually Billy Corgan's a big reason for that. Yeah, yeah, I think he's done some great stuff, and I'm glad that because once you get away from the companies we're talking about, you really have limited options on the indies now. Yeah, and what he's been able to do is recapture that 
And I know that's that's a goal of what he's going to continue to try to recapture territory, as he said that. But I think ultimately, and, and if you can get a live aspect involved with this, and, and we said this week after week, there's still a lot of value in live entertainment. Yes. And I think that's why you're seeing some of these TV deals that we're seeing, because there, there's a value in live entertainment. Now, will TNA or or NWA, will they be live? You know, I don't know. But I think there's, and obviously there's still a lot of money in that. And that's why TV, that's why broadcast companies are willing to pay money right. and reach deals with professional wrestling right now. It Agreed. is a hot product, but I mean, man, it's, it's the live entertainment's valuable. Agreed. hundred percent agree. Um, and I was looking at, uh, you know, the, everything in wrestling's timing, right? Um, yep. Tyrus announces his retirement. A month later, Billy's announcing big plans for you know NWA. You go, oh, how do we keep missing missing the boat on these things? But I'm ex- I'm excited, and and the thing is, like you listen to Billy Corgan when he's doing his interviews, you can you can hear the excitement. Like he he has a plan. He's not a guy who's willy nilly. I mean, he's a successful rock star. He's navigated that that area of entertainment. So he has skin in the game, you know, and he has knowledge and of these things. So he's, and he, and it, and from what I understand and what I see in here, he's very business savvy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for the direction of the industry. I'm really excited across the board, the, including AEW now TNA and, and NWA, and then actually what WWE continues to do and NXT. I don't view NXT as a WWE. I view NXT as a a whole nother animal. So I'm excited, but I'm I'm excited for Billy Corrigan, um, and and the guys that have run Impact for all these years now that get to say, "Hey, we're coming back with it. We're gonna, you know, it's gonna be bigger and better than ever." And, and I agree with you. That was a great promo from. Like to me, they're they're young. They're still the young stars, right? But those are all veterans that were in that circle. Yep. You know, talking and getting ready for it. So, I'm 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 excited for them. I'm more excited for you and I because it's going to give us a ton of subjects and topics to talk about. And and you know, because what I think what you and I do best is we go, we start here and we wind up over here and we come back to it and. I love it because they're all taking us on a ride. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about it. So that's yeah. the first step to doing something. Yeah. I, you mean, you just, it's, you do wonder how much more can come out of it. Like, how much professional wrestling can 
be on television. Yeah. But I mean, they're just financially, all these companies are at completely different spots. So these television deals are significant for all of them, but they're just significant on different levels, but nevertheless significant. I mean, I, I think. When was the last time you're, you're, I say this, you're more of a, a wrestling historian than I am. You, you, we get going and you remind me and then it takes me to that point, but you're, you're more of a wrestling historian. When was the last time we've had so many companies at one time be, be hot or be moving like in an upward direction? When was the last time for a long time, it was WWE and then TNA, what WCW, ECW, WWE, right? For the longest time. And then that broke down. And then it was WCW, WWE. Naturally, before that, it was NWA. And then it was WWF. And then it was, you know, there's always been one or two. Yeah. But when was the last time we've had all these companies coming out of the, I say, out of, out of the gate so strong at the same time? Yeah, it's certainly, you'd have to go. And even back in the day when, you know, I came in on the very tail end of tape trading. Uh, basically, by then... You know, by the time I really got into wrestling, it was a little bit more mainstream on television. But yeah, no, I, I see your point. And I, I think back then you could make an argument. But as far as being able to consume the content easily, which you couldn't back right up you Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously then it was huge. But, you know, WCW, WWE, just two major ones going at it then. You didn't really hear about anything else. And I, I think the only thing that would, and it's not even close to right now, but would be when TNA started seeing a little bit of success. Yep. And you also had Ring of Honor seeing a little yep. bit of success. Uh, those, that's really the only time I could think of. Obviously, AEW, WWE, this has been two. But yeah, man, I, I'm with you. I think 20, I don't know, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, you had a couple more options. But it was different than it was like you had the powerhouse, then you had these smaller must-see ones. Right. That you knew weren't going to completely rip off. But now it seems like you have it where there's a potential to grow, significant growth than more and more than two of them. Yeah. If done, yeah. right. And, you know, if push comes to shove, you say there's still only one powerhouse. But we're not looking at it that way now. We're looking at it as look at all the, like, you struggle for, now you have to pick a schedule. <clears throat> now I'm, I'm now I'm probably gonna have to do something I've never done in 35 plus years is I've never recorded wrestling so I did miss it you know we talked about a pay-per-view we clicked to this or something but there's so much content now that you listen I don't have to if I miss it I and I don't say it like just brush it up but if I miss it I can catch pieces but now I'm I find myself in a place where I want to see what everybody's doing all the time. And I'm very interested because now here comes the, somebody's going here and someone's going here and someone's going to do this and someone's going to do that. And that's the part, like I got goosebumps. That's the part about wrestling that now you're making me, you're making me watch your product instead of me feeling like, yeah, all right, let me see what they're doing tonight. Like, I want to know what everybody's doing now. And that's a really cool feeling to have after, I feel like, one or two clicks on the TV. I, yeah, and it's always funny because people are like, did you watch this? Did you watch that? And then I, and, and people that aren't, like, really into it look at me like I'm crazy when I say, 
believe it or not, I actually read about it just as much as I watch about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. That doesn't make any sense to somebody who's not a fan when I say that statement, but but it's the case. It's still consuming content. I will say, though, I think we got to be careful and not, as we see these television deals come up and stuff, and not try to compare like what success is. Yes. I don't know if AEW's turned a profit, per se. Maybe they have, maybe they have. They don't have to tell us. We won't know. But I think for the TNA and for NWA, you got to remember where, like I just said earlier, the production costs are managed very low. Yeah. But what will be successful TV viewership will not even be comparable to what we try to do with AEW and right. WWE. Not, not even... Not even comparable because you got to think right now the platform uh, impact is not pulling in more than a couple hundred thousand at any point in time, really. NWA can't. So if they're able to do that, even that's significant for them. If if TNA is able to grow just a little bit more, that's significant for them. But I think it all depends on how much your operating costs are, and that that will be significant you can still have growth it'll just be you can't compare it man we got to be careful and that and i hope i know we won't we'll we'll do our best not to compare it but i hope everybody's paying attention and talking about these things starts watching it with those eyes like i don't want to compare tna to um, to the the wwe we don't compare the xfl to the nfl i mean you can but i mean it wouldn't be realistic but it you know it's two different products yep it's the same sport, but it's two different products. And I think as long as we look at it honestly from where it is and what it is, because no one ever complained about ROH. They watched it because that was their thing and they loved it. And then they could go watch the other brands and all these other things. And I hope that's what we get to again now. And everybody doesn't start right away with all oh, they'll never make because of TV and this and that. Don't compare them. Just, in, just enjoy them and let them get going. And and then see where you know see where it takes us. Okay, yeah, I mean, great discussion. Let's segue into the listener interaction question yes. part of this a little bit here. Okay, so Winter Hell wants to know if you had seen C.J. Perry Lana, as formerly known as yes, commented want to be the Paul Heyman of female managers. I think that's a bold statement. Yeah, I think it's a bold statement. Here's the thing about uh, C.J. She's a bold personality. She's one, and I say this with all due respect, she's no dummy. I know she plays a a certain character and all these things and, you know, the Russian and this and that and the other thing. By the way, 100% Russian. Um, But that's a bold statement. and, And I don't believe she would make that statement unless she believes that she can get there and that there's an opportunity for her to become that person. So I'm glad to see. I'm not really sure how I feel about the interaction with her and Miro right now, I, to me, it's still strange. And if I was, if I, if I had the pencil, I wouldn't have given Action Andretti that much time with Miro. It didn't help Miro, and I don't think it helped Action Andretti. And 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 I think it could have been more subject to bringing CJ up to to Miro's level. You know what I mean? If 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 that makes sense. But I, I'm very interested to see what she does. And as long as it's done the right way, she will not become just a a flash in the pan or, or you know, a, an act. But that's a bold statement to say she wants to be the female Paul Heyman. Yeah. I think 
And the way they brought her in immediately tied to Miro kind of. But I mean, they didn't go full into it, but that's what she was introduced as. And, and this this run uh, initially, right, when she yeah. came in. So I think you got it. Yeah. Hard to get past that. That's the person you're connected with, but certainly can be done right if if planned accordingly. Yeah. I going to be easy, though, just because the automatic connection. Yeah. If they don't rush it and it's done the right way, I think it'll be very, really good. Okay, so Vince McMahon's mustache wants to know your comments on Booker D on his podcast saying Man Event Mafia was a better faction by far than the Bloodline. I will say this to uh, Vince McMahon's mustache. I I did listen to this, actually, and I I think what Booker T was saying was it had the potential to be at that level. And I I think what he's saying is just because of the, like I just said, the potential, you got to think it had Sting in there. What it had, uh, Kevin Nash in there had that Nash Steiner and Samoa Joe, and it had the survivor person. Who the hell is that anyway? And I th- but I think what he's saying is it had the potential to be, but I mean, it wasn't maybe done the best way, and it didn't have the stage, obviously. That we just talked about this. The thing, I so I think the main event mafia was impacts uh, TNA's version of what's now the bloodline. And I think if you, but look at the time frame too. Now until how long ago was the the you know the mafia? Oh, uh, fifteen years. Two thousand eight, yeah. It, yeah, yeah so, Kurt Angle, obviously, yeah. Yeah, so fifteen years ago, so the evolution of the business too. So I I agree. I don't think Booker's statement was we're better than in in. TNA, they were the bloodline. All the story was around them, and they were involved in all that stuff. But I don't. I don't Did, didn't that make it two years though. What's that? It, it, the run didn't go two years even. Though. Right. That's no. the thing. It and didn't hang with it. Like so, they didn't invest into it. I would say if Booker said we were better than, if his exact words were we were better than, and I didn't hear it, so I think maybe uh, Vince's mustache took it out of context. He's not but the only can, one. It's all over the place. But I can see the comparison. I don't mind the comparison of the two, but then I look at the the time frame of each one. And then to, back to your point, the production of it. The 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 being able to make this story go. Uh, TNA had one show to do it on. WWE's have has two shows and three if they wanted to bring it to NXT when it started. So they had the platform that's bigger to do all these things. Yeah. So I don't I, I don't see the two being compared ever in history. I understand the comparison of one group to the other, but I don't I don't see the main event mafia ever being close to the bloodline. And and just like all professional wrestling, TNA was a major victim of rushing through yes. things. Which was a really big flaw of TNA. But the things they didn't rush were successful. You got to think about the build of AJ Styles yeah. is one where I, I think of right off the top of my head. This was not a, he's always been a mainstay player on, on mainstay player on TNA, but they didn't just, I mean, it was a build over time as his character developed and stuff. It, it wasn't rushed. Right. And I think they had, oh, who is it? What? I'm losing the name. I think Matt Morgan, they did a pretty decent job of uh, not yeah. rushing it, but they had some where they would, what was Crimson? Was that his name? Yeah. And rushed him pretty hard. Boom, and boom, boom. 
flash him hard on. Yeah, like it was he had, flashed in the pan. It's hard for him to maintain that, and yeah. I, I think that they're, you know, they just they just kind of rush things. Hell, they even try to go up against Monday night, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's my opinion on that. But yeah, I, I don't think I don't think he was directly comparing it. I was just, yeah. I took it when I listened to it as the potential piece of it, and he's right. Uh, if you just want to compare the faction itself, it has the potential. If you want to compare the platform, not possible. The star power in the mafia was is was way bigger than how the bloodline started out. Okay, all elite the uh, elite cronies. I love this name, by the way. They've popped up out of nowhere on us. They want to know, and I have a video to. I'm going to relate to this and play it here in a second, but they want to know if Edge, Adam Copeland, has heat in AEW. So, to segue into this, I sh- I shared a video. I'm going to share a video with our good friends at the Wrestling Observer. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Actually, by not good friends, they have me blocked, but I still subscribe to their stuff. So Brian Alvarez did discuss this. We'll go ahead and play this. All right. Ricky says, don't look at me like that with those bug eyes, sir. Adam says, it's your stupid silk slacks, dumbass. And I was like, what? And then Ricky says, sadly, you didn't take style from the other place. And then Adam says, and you took it from the rock. Good job. And there's like this weird, awkward pause. It was very awkward. <laughs> and then... Adam says, can't help that you're a vanilla midget version of that, but shut your mouth and talk to him instead of me, kid. Know your role. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? And then Ricky says, wow, that really set me over the edge. I asked around. I didn't hear anything about there being any problem. Okay? Doesn't mean there's not. Uh, I agree with him. I don't think there's much there, but I guess we can... We got to have something to talk about in the wrestling journals. And I think that's just it. It gives people. So then it goes back to my original thing of, are we watching it to appreciate it? Or are we watching it to try to read between the lines of everything that happens? Yeah. That's the issue. I think with AEW from what I understand is they get carte blanche to say what they want. And maybe they have bullet points, but there's no red flags for just saying what comes out of your mouth. So I think sometimes you're going to get that war of words and it gets a little um, sketchy. But I think people look more into the, ooh, ooh, Adam's got heat. Oh, Ricky Starks, the, oh, they're, you know, they're fighting. In the, uh, there can't be any kumbaya. It can't be just a promo segment of two guys stolen barbs and let's move on. Everybody's going to make a bigger deal out of it because let's face it, it you're right. It gives us something to talk about. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's anything that holds water there, so. 
it kind of reminds me of like when you bring in like The Rock and he would talk and he ever promo with John Cena. And I don't think there was ever any real heat, but certainly not afraid to let loose. And I, that's right. just the entire environment with AEW. Uh, they've got a platform where they can do that kind of stuff. And then WWE, it's like you got to really be somebody to get off and start doing Yeah, that. but look look what the... So what has AEW learned in the past two years when they let people come out with live mics and say what they want? Be a punk and Adam Page and all these, you know, all these things that go on. Is that really the road you want to keep going down for clickbait and then to have internal, you know, issues? So uh, I would, I would say walk walk softly with that kind of thing and maybe not let everybody have free reign to say and do what they want because whether we're professionals or not, someone's going to throw something out there that hits someone the wrong way. And there's gonna be an issue either in front of people or behind. Yeah, you're right. I think it's almost been, it's obviously been a bad thing, but they're having these instances are probably what's got the most talk about them, and a lot of in a lot of senses they've obviously had really good matches, and I think that heck they have more five star matches in their four year existence than right. WWE's fifty, uh, but Dave Meltzer ratings. But I think it's kind of like you have this environment and I think you have your diehards that will watch it every week no matter what. But I think the other people popping in and out are because of things like this a little bit. Turned off. Turned off, maybe turned on temporarily. I mean, maybe both. But the other mainstays that are diehards, they're going to watch it no matter what. But I think they attract a few people by just some of the these kind of storylines. And but then the thing is, there's no payoff to these so far. There's no, there's been no payoff to these storylines. So after a while, do I stop buying into the? Ooh, this is a shoot, brother, and oh, they're really, there's really heat and God, It's just another one of these things that they don't follow through on. So I'm, I'm, I'm never been a fan of. Oh, there's heat with this guy and heat with this guy. Until you hear it from those people directly, I think everything, you know, wrestling's real and life is a work. So I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wait till I know it before I say it. Okay, Bob Orton's cast. Yes, Bill and Jeff. Do you think CM Punk is working the Wrestling Observer over, and he's going to end up being in a Survivor Series? So what they're referring to here is obviously the Wrestling Observer has been at their head of their headlines. The top of their headlines has been that it's not going to happen, right? And what Bob Orton's cast is asking is, is he working him? I think going back to our initial conversation, how we started this episode, I was going to say that there's, I can't think of another time when every company has top clickbait. Punk is relevant no matter where he is or oh. where he, hey, he was in Orlando. Hey, he was in Texas. Hey, he was he, at Impact Taping. So yeah. Hey, he was at the, this, he was at the, that. So Sting's retiring and we're still talking about Punk. TNA's gonna, we're still talking about punk, all these things. But what people, and I, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but here I'll give you a little bit of behind the curtain of what I know. In order to keep the internet people, Uncle Dave and everybody else happy, WWE releases a certain amount of stories that they allow them to tell. This gives them their clickbait and things to talk about. In in return. These sites don't talk negatively about things that happen in the company. 
So there's there's a, a tit for tat. We'll give you certain things to talk about and get your headlines and do these things and run your shows. And in return, you don't report about the issues that are backstage or heat or all these things that are going to come out and let us handle that first, you know, internally. Yeah. So I think, is it possible? Hell yes, it's possible. It's possible. Is it possible for Punk even to show up for one night? Yes, they awesome. could strike a deal for one night. And is it possible that Punk's just keeping himself relevant? Yes, it's very possible. Is it possible Punk could be a DNA? Yes, it's possible. But you the know, guy is a genius. Yeah. At keeping himself relevant. You're right. We could see one way or another. He's also headstrong enough that if he didn't want to wrestle again, he wouldn't. But I do think a bit of him, and I certainly hope that he does get another moment to round things off somewhere sometime down the line. Does it have to be Survivor Series? No. Would it be, you're just talking off the buildup around it and all that, would it be probably a little bit hotter? Yeah. But I, I think, you know, it's, I, I hope he does get another run. It doesn't have, it can maybe be a, a month, a one pay-per-view, right. maybe even one night, like you said. But I, I hope somewhere down the line, there's a lot of people saying that, hey, you might have to earn that trust again. With you, as long as, and I know you're such, you're a big fan of Punk and, and what he's done and what he's still capable of doing, as am I. I hope, like you, that when we see Punk, no matter where we see him, that even if it's a short run, he goes out on the high note. Hope it's something special. So there's not, so there's not this crappy controversy around everything, and it's all this, you know, schoolyard crap, and it's just a guy that people have appreciated for so long, make a run, make amends with some people, even if it's just to save face in front of the fans. But I, I'm like you. I hope he gets one more positive thing going because, like I said, I, he doesn't have to wrestle. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, He's got enough irons in the fire to do his thing. He's very creative. He's very intelligent. He's uh, walked away before and yeah, stayed off the really- radar. If he wants to stay off the radar, he will. I don't know CM Punk personally. My only experience with him is uh, at a live show once. He, my college roommate was booing him, and he told him he was a vagina. Uh, so that's my only face-to-face interaction with CM Punk ever. Uh, he looked at me. I don't, I don't know if he thought I was saying it. I wasn't saying it. But it, nevertheless, it was great. But, yeah, I think if he didn't want to do it, he wouldn't. He's right. proven that he could just disappear and care less. Right. But you're right. Maybe a little bit of him wants that. And I hope it's the right time and it's done right. And yeah. honestly, just going back when he left, and I've, I sound like a broken record. When he left Ring of Honor after the, you know, yeah, Summer of Punk, Samoa Joe, all this great stuff. Yeah. And when he left Ring of Honor, a lot of concern on if he would ever be utilized right. And recent, it took years for him to work his way up through that WWE system. Yeah. Well, Paul Heyman certainly probably is a big part of that. And then the rest is how it's him. It's his creativity. It's what he's capable of. He just needed a little bit of a window, a little bit of an opportunity to prove himself. So I think he always has that little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I, I think we could see one more good thing out of him. It doesn't have to be anything crazy either. Everybody acts like we got to have something super crazy. We, we don't. I just think the fans deserve... The fans deserve to see CM Punk, the character, leave on a high note. Yep. That's what, you know, as much as we as people or or performers want to leave on a high note, I think the fans deserve it just for their loyalty to him. You know, I think that would be the the best 
conversation to have about punk is like, okay, son of a gun, this this is this is the way it should have went. If he, now if he's done, he's done and whatever. But uh, you know, like I said, I never say never. And if there's money to be made, companies are gonna you know make sure they do it the right way. And but I, I'm with you. I hope that if and when he comes back, it's it's on a high note. It's in the positive. Let's segue towards the end of the episode here and do our On This Week in Pro Wrestling yes. history. So today, we'll see if we get uh, taken off YouTube or not once we do this. I'm curious. But I'm going to share some videos as we do this. I want to start off with uh, Monday. So it was the 23rd, and okay. we're going to share first here. So WCW presented Halloween Havoc from Detroit, Michigan. And the main event was a career versus career steel cage match for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. It was between Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. And uh, Mr. T was obviously involved. And then in vintage W... What, when, did exact, when was exact time you started in WCW? I started in WCW in 95. It was after this, as I recall. Yes. I thought it was Yeah. But as vintage WCW fashion, there's a million things going on at once. Right. So I will share this moment here and... Underrated. Before we had Jeff Hardy jumping off the cage, damn it, we had Sherry. What a leap of faith there! That was incredible. And then she takes the double clothesline with him. And oh, I actually, I couldn't get it all in there, but she took um, a couple tosses too. One off the top rope. Yeah, I, I mean, she took several bumps in that. Couldn't fit it all into a minute because that's always the goal. So underrated. Yeah, th- those those posts are awesome. Obviously, Ric Flair didn't stay retired. And One of many times they had retirement matches or loser leave down. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was a hokey time in WCW. It was a- so many. And I always share these, and people always tear it up on social media. The number of things going on. The man in the mask. Sting. Uh, Jimmy Hart. Sherry. Mr. T. But it was so, a such a that- that was the that was the that was the soup at the at that time. Everything was like that in WCW. So when people watch that now, when you post it now, and wrestling fans now are watching, going, "What in the 
what the blue hell is that? But back then, it was hot as hell. It was it was unbelievable. But you still even you know now when you look at it, and go to your point. There's so much going on. There was so much. It just took away from what the you know what was yeah. the, the the end game here. You know, so wrestling wasn't quite at that huge peak yet. Right, came uh, two or three years later. But yeah, it's just they crammed so much into. <laughs> And these are Ric Flair 55-minute matches either. No. These are 20-minute segments, ah. intros included, yep. topped with all of this going on. Yep. And there's always so much of that, and it was so... And even with is a guy huge, NWO and all that, anything Hogan's involved in, in particular, had so many components. There was a there was always a dozen guys involved in the in the segment, no matter what it was. And so people got so upset. Oh, it's freaking four segments. It's 40 minutes. Of the, but the wrestling was only three minutes of a, of a 25 minute segment. Um, but there was always, and and it kind of stayed that way for a little bit in WCW, especially when I got there, there was, there was a couple hundred guys behind the curtain because there was always so many people involved in everything that was going on. Everything was a run in. Everything was, uh, you know, a schmoz, but that was when I saw it when you posted because I told you I watched them all when you posted it. And it just brings you back to a time looking at it and go, man, looking at it now, that was hokey as hell. It was so much. Sherry Martel was awesome. Yeah. You know, I watched that and I just heard leaping off that cage, man, yeah. just fearless, taking the bumps and always just such a team player. I mean, I've never met her personally, oh. but man. She was super, super special. She was a great lady. I I enjoyed my time with her. I learned a lot from her, and she was she was all about the product, man. She she was all in whatever she her position was in it. She was all in. Maybe she'll be all elite. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, let's go to October 24th here. Another thing. This is one of my favorite matches, actually. 1993, WCW Halloween Havoc took place in New Orleans, Louisiana. The main event saw Vader defeat Cactus Jack in a Texas death match. You remember this? Yes. All right. I'm gonna, we'll go into a minute of it here. Remember, pinfalls do not count. A one, two, three does not count in winning or losing a match. He's fighting He's, A fan is hitting... WCW world champion! Bottom rope, he wouldn't let Fader suplex him. Oh! Somebody's got to make an attempt to win this pretty soon. Oh, to the living down. Oh! I guess the only positive thing out of it is they were both pretty ugly to begin with. There's the table. Attack this spot. Whoa! He tries a sunset flip him. Wow. He hit it. Check and see if Cactus Jack can continue. They may stop this thing. Seven, six. What has Race got in his hand? He stung him with it. Vader's up at 10. This match is over. Vader rose to his feet first. Here is your winner. Listen, here's the thing. That's probably the hardest Mick Foley's ever hit anybody in his life. He was way on. You. There was only one way to work with Leon. And he did not mind getting it back the way he gave it. 
but that's the hardest hitting you will ever see cactus jack dude love mcfoley take any character that's the hardest hitting you'll ever see him was literally going okay this is this is a legitimate fight and you saw that stuff just from the clip we watched and get him over the head with a camera i want everybody to go back and watch the whole match oh yeah and that would never fly today that match would never fly today no as i do this every day i actually watch the whole match and I edit it. So I really get an appreciation for it. And you know, Bill, how hard it is to find just, it's got to be a minute. Yeah. That's my rule. And then what minute? You know how hard it is? Yeah. And I got to throw in the commentary too, right? Like Jesse Ventura is saying they're both, you know, God. ugly. I try to throw in a lot of that stuff. It's so hard to capture that. Like, what do I pick from a minute? The essence what, of it, yeah. It's like an art form, right? Like, I have to take a minute and tell a story with these <laughs> <laughs> and paint the picture of what happened. Absolutely. And, and it, it's cool, but I just like there, a minute captured it all. It was not easy to do, but just wailing on each other, man. They, what a fight. What a fight. And, but that's the thing that, that, that's the thing that Leon did great was fight. I mean, you go back and, and you'll post it when the time is right. When the, Knocked his eye out in Japan, right? He had to put his eye back yep. in, but he 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 took it as well as he gave it. <clears throat> but those but those matches then meant more. Those you how great Cactus Jack McFoley was. Oh yeah, yeah. How he not appreciated during yeah. that time. Oh my gosh, he's amazing. Just throw him in there with the champion and and a non-title match, by the way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I remember when Vader challenged Mr. Feeney on Boy Meets World to a, a Texas death match. <laughs> so my mind instantly went to that match. Anyway, so let's move on to the 25th. Bill, you were there for this. This is 1998. WCW's annual Halloween Havoc pay-per-view was held in the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. Due to complications with the runtime, actually it was three and a half hours instead of the three they were allowed. A lot of the stations showing the pay-per-view cut the show off before it ended meaning the main event wasn't even seen by fans at home. Because of this, the main event was replayed the next night on Monday on uh, on Nitro, Monday Night Nitro, yep. and it had a record 7.78 million viewers, which was the most of any wrestling match on cable up to that time. They did have to refund quite a bit of money, and the match that was missed was Bill Goldberg, and I'll just say it in my opinion, to my opinion, his best match he's ever had when he beat Diamond Dallas Page to retain the championship. And I've got it, Bill. I've got it. Let's see it. DDP up first. Motions to the crowd for the diamond cutter. Can he get it? You know he's trying to get him up for the jackhammer, but he's got only one arm to do it with. It's amazing. Amazing. He can do it with no arms. No, he couldn't. First time he hasn't been able to that I know of. Going to try again. Sure he is. A little surge of energy. He's sucking it up. Page, Page has got the diamond cutter. One, two, go for two. Huck Saber. Page going to try suplex. Forget about it. Goldberg got him up. Goldberg's got him up. Jack hammered him down. One, two. It's Goldberg. It's Goldberg. That's why he is undefeated, and that's why he is 155-0. 
Do, would you agree with my statement, Bill Goldberg's best match ever? Yes, and here's why. Because Paige was in it. <clears throat> because Paige was invested in Bill Goldberg, the person, and his character. And of all the people, and again, it's not a shot, but all the people that Bill worked with, from Hogan and everybody on down, Bill was under... I think I was the only one in his first match where he had no pressure. Because you can't screw up a debut, right? Unless you really, really, between the two guys, we really would have screwed it up. So there was no pressure. But in that one with Dallas, Dallas was invested in the story. It elevated Dallas, who was already at the top. But I think his, his um, what's the word I want to use? His, his demeanor towards the whole thing and, and how Dallas approached the match is what helped make that one of Bill's best matches ever. Because, the, you know, his opponent was invested in the same thing he was in. Um, don't forget the time that we're talking about. There was a lot of a lot of egos, a lot of this. Okay, you know, you're going to put the guy over, but it doesn't have to be the greatest thing in the world. And Dallas, that wasn't who, you know, Paige is. His thing was every match he was in was going to be, you know, he was going to try making the best match he ever had. But I wholeheartedly agree. That was, that was Bill's probably Bill's best match ever. I think they did a great job with the storytelling of the two history of those guys because, yep. of course, DDP instrumental in bringing in Bill Goldberg to wrestling then at yep. WCW. And I think with Bill Goldberg, in my opinion, don't know Bill Goldberg, you do, or you, you've interacted with him, I yep. haven't. He seemed to, in his matches that weren't as great, he may not have had the best skill in the world, but entertaining entertainment aspect through the roof. But it seemed as if almost he didn't have trust right. in people. And this particular match, not the case. Right. Completely let went with whatever DDP was doing. Uh, this was an interesting edit because I really only needed the last two minutes of the match. This was about 11-minute total, 12-minute total segment. And probably about eight or nine minutes of wrestling where they did do some chain wrestling. Right. They did do some counters reverses. They did some stuff where they fell outside of the ring. A well-booked Bill Goldberg match. But to me, what stood out is just, and I only had to use the last two minutes to tell this story, but watching the whole thing, which you can't show there, was the trust that you could tell Bill Goldberg had in DDP. Well, that that was my point. Like, knowing that Dallas was not going to mislead him yep. or take advantage of him in any way that Dallas's job was just like everybody else's job is to get him over. And he did that in, in the right way. And I think to, to your point, there's a trust there because Dallas was invested in Bill as a person before the character and Dallas was instrumental in bringing Bill into the business. So I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Bill, he wasn't on guard the whole time or wasn't like, even if he was just mentally concerned about how he would look or, yeah, he portrayed, and know, I think so. that's what it was a lot of the time. Yeah, and I I, I I agree with that, and I see it. I saw it then, and I see it now. Um, but he, I think it was just that trusting of Dallas is not that not that guy, and 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 if you know Dallas, Dallas will look you right in the eye and go, "Bro, I'm not here to screw you, bro. We're gonna kill it. Trust me." It's different from Bill's match with you that first match we talk about. Yeah, because it wasn't really expected to go over such a and be so huge. Right. It was. It wasn't like it was Bill Goldberg's premiere, basically. But there, what 
weren't insane huge expectations put on him because of the match there was afterwards. But with this match, he had to be with somebody and, and he needed a moment like that. And they were able to capture that. I think when he reversed that suplex, well, he almost lost him. If he would have lost him, it'd be a different story right now. Yeah. But dude, they stayed the course and he dropped that jackhammer on him. And he, oh, that's just a lot of strength and balance by both of them to reverse that. And he almost went, but he kept it. And, and knowing Dallas, <clears throat> the way I do, if there was a point where he would have lost them, Dallas had a plan B, C, and D to, yep. make, it, to make it work. And let's not forget that he had two of the best commentators in the world telling the story, you know. So I think you, that's one of those matches where you'd get the same match if you turn the volume down without the commentating. And then, wow, really pick it up when you hear them telling the story with you. Yep. So, yeah, I agree. I, trust is a big thing. They did a great job throughout that match, really commentating, talking about the relationship between the two, talking about how DDP is not afraid of Bill Goldberg, unlike other people. Because obviously the people Bill Goldberg was beating up until then were mostly in scenarios where they were heels and they were, I'll just use the term, I don't know what else to use, kind of chicken shit heels. Yeah. And this was not the case with this particular storyline. So I actually had to have some storytelling. Commentators did a great job, but there is one more match that happened that I'm going to share with you this evening. Okay. And it was uh, not that great. So actually, earlier in the night, and this is not the match I'm sharing, Bret Hart beat Sting for the U.S. title. Yeah. It was actually voted the worst match, I think, that year in the Wrestling Observer. But <laughs> but there was a match, in my opinion, that happened that night that was much worse. And it was Hulk Hogan and Warrior, a rematch from WrestleMania six much anticipated rematch and let's just add that then let's talk about to end this episode how of a mess this pay-per-view yeah. was managed he's going for something hogan's got something he's digging out you i have no idea what that is what it's a lighter What was that a, was that like a fireball or something that he attempted to throw at the Warrior? He attempted to blind the Warrior, and the Warrior now rebounds from that. That was a, a fortunate turn of events there. That, that didn't happen up on two. Oh, my. Oh, good time. The Warrior is pumping back up. He's coming alive. I've seen this before. We all have. And Bischoff's grabbed the referee. Horse is coming the ring. Horse! Hit the warrior in the back of the head! One! Hogan! Hogan wins the match! I can't believe what we just witnessed! Either can I. I can't believe Tony Schiavone what we just witnessed either. Okay, so obviously, let's start at the beginning for me. There was not a much anticipated rematch for myself. Uh, wrestling had changed. By now, at this point in time. Yeah. I certainly didn't need a Hogan Warrior rematch. Uh, I know they were really relying on it to go over bigger. There was a lot in this pay-per-view, too. Uh, man, what the hell happened with the fireball thing? Like, uh, I mean, you were backstage through all this. What was said about what, what was said about this match, first of all, then what was said about the pay-per-view because it was managed terribly? 
I think a lot of people, their expectations were met on that match, watching it from the back, because no one saw it as being... The buildup was, dare I say, awful. Everything about it was awful. And you had one guy who's going to live his gimmick and do his thing to protect himself. And then I feel like you had Hogan who was doing things he wouldn't have done just to get through the match. If that makes sense, right? Instead of making it more difficult and like struggling and, you know, half a shoot brother where we're going after each other, let's just get through this thing and, and go with the scenario we talked about. But it was, it wasn't even like one of those ones where you watch a match and, and the guys really enjoy it in the back. It was one of those things going, damn, man, like there was no need for it. And it wasn't what. I, I don't happen with the fireball, Bill. Come on, man. It, 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 when it takes five minutes to do, <laughs> it's already done. And you saw where the cameraman was. You saw all these things. And then the fact that Hogan put his hand up and Warrior was selling something that didn't happen, and then the, the half-assed fireball comes out, it didn't matter anyway. At least he kicked the crap out of him after one. And then they go into all that other... It, it was a mess, and it was a laughing stock, and it was... And and it was... I think it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Nothing, nothing good came out of that Warrior run when he was there. Nothing. That's the takeaway. I'm actually not as hard on Hogan as some people are. Uh, but, obviously. I would have much rather seen Hogan not go through the motions of what the potential story would have been and just do what needed to be done, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? And sometimes that means just ruffling feathers and, and lack of a better term, some people say going into business for yourself. But Warrior was already in business for himself on that. Um Clearly, to me, there was there was no concern on what the end product was on one side of it, and I think it just it, it painted Hogan in a really crappy light. And that fireball was the most ridiculous thing in the in the world. Three, you know, I have edited it out. I edited it out. Right? It took much longer to light yeah. up than that. Let me let me undo the paper. Let me find the lighter. Let me take the baggie out so it's not wet from my sweat and all this other stuff. And there could have been a million other different ways to do something like that, but. In the grand scheme of the, the storyboard, we'll throw fire in his eyes and blind him, but it didn't matter. Uh, and the horse Hogan thing, that thing made no sense. But... Nah. They tried like they tried like heck, and Horace was a good guy, is a you know, but it just didn't so like I said, so in, in that time there was a lot of things being thrown at the wall that were not sticking, but because of who was on top and calling the shots. Those things, you know, fell through the cracks and were allowed to be done. Talk to us about the pay-per-view that night. What was the atmosphere like when they ran over, missed the, most people didn't even, I was actually watching it live, but I didn't get to see it. Uh, what, what was what was the general feeling around the locker room when this pay-per-view was handled? If I remember right, it was one of those things, who that, who that blankety blank is in charge of this and how did, how did you let that happen? And now, you know, because that's when all the boys knew about the gate and the, the buy rates and the pay-per-views. And so now the business sense and a lot of the guys came out and go, you've got to be, you know, crapping in my oatmeal here. And then a- like the, the next night, now you're going to take that whole segment away from everybody who's supposed to be working and redo the show so you can show it. Refund so, the pay-per-view buys. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't much longer after this where you 
ultimately saw the demi- complete demise of uh, WCW. Yeah, it was it was really it was so much grasping at straws and like I wasn't in the meetings, but it just seemed like everybody was listening to certain things and okay, well let's try that, let's do this. Well, if that's not going to work. Let's do this and ah, who really cares? Let's just do something. But honorable mentioned it in the episode. And I, I'm actually trying to edit it right now and get it out before midnight. It's actually today's the 26th. It was my probably my top five matches of all time. It was 1997 Halloween Havoc again in Las Las Vegas. But Rey Mysterio defeated Eddie Guerrero in a title versus mm-hmm. mask match for the uh, cruiserweight championship. Man, um, oh, oh. I don't know how this was. It was actually the Wrestling Observer's fourth best match that year. Those guys, Dude, amazing match. We're on fire. Every night of the week. Yep. Pay-per-view, TV. Were all the boys like watching this at the monitor? Like, Yes, yes. Because you, one, look at the two people in the match. Highly regarded, highly loved, highly respected. And you knew what you were going to get. Wrestlers were going to get a wrestling match with some really good stuff going on. There was two guys out there, a little one-upmanship, but at the same time, they were both working for the same goal. And it and it, it it should have easily been the main event, it, you know. So that's the ones that that everybody gravitated to. And then as the other things happened, you know, the the monitors dwindled and all that other stuff, and guys were leaving the arenas, things like that. But um, great match. I I yeah. You if you get that one up, that's way cool. Um. Nothing but everybody was invested in those two guys. And I mean, everybody, not just the fans, everybody in the back was invested. And Nothing. people wanted to figure out, how do I get to work with Eddie? How do I get to work with Ray? You know, that was the thing back then. ECW started the trend with the cruiserweights, and WCW put them on yeah. a prime level, which is yeah. so good. You know, at the end of the day, if they did one thing right, you can throw that in the hat, what they did with the cruiserweight division. Yeah, and hats off to Conan for for brokering that whole thing. Uh, Conan, yeah. providing the 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 avenue to get that kind of talent and to to build that part of it. And uh, all those guys were amazing, man. It was it was a it was a pleasure and a joy working with all of them. It was they made you step up, and and at the same time you had the most fun in the ring because it was like, holy crap, here we go, you know? Absolutely. Man, I was, I was cutting you off trying to say it, not because I wanted to. I just didn't know when you were done. But what another great episode. I, I will say, if you're not enjoying, if you're not checking this out live, you might be missing out. I don't know what we're going to get away with sharing. <laughs> this is an experiment in process. I really? might have to tweak what's been shared. But if you're not joining this live, you're missing out a little bit of an experience. That's for sure. Yeah, I like this. I like this live platform. I, I, and again, I'll, I'll say it every I love what we're doing. I love how you're, how you're, how you're doing it and leading the charge with the, the building my experience. And I love this live stuff. And I think the, when people can see our expressions and what we, what we do, I know I get a little animated where we start talking about certain matches and things, but really cool, man. I was doing some head shaking during that last video. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. So make sure you're checking out the podcast at buildamont.com. We've got a bunch well, this is going to be the 32nd episode of the wow. reboot. So yeah, it, it's it's been going along and moving well. We're moving in the right direction, man. Appreciate everyone's support. If you can't join us live, of course, just yeah, go to buildamot.com, check out all the past episodes and the ones up and coming. Yeah, keep keep the questions coming in. We'll 
Like, we want to put you over. We'll put you right on the show. We'll talk about you. And then again, we'll follow you and retweet you and whatever, whatever else it is. Um, I really enjoy the interaction with the, with our, with our fans and, and the things that we're doing. So yeah, everybody go to the platforms and follow Jeff and I and, and, and just follow the experience and uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, having fun. I'm at podcast father. He's at Bill DeMont. Yeah. You can contact us social media or at the website. There's a contact form or BillDemontPod at gmail.com. Until next time though, we do encourage you all to keep being yourselves and of course to keep being great. Jeff Townsend Media. CG, good night. And the question is, do I stay here? Will you be back? Are you going to come back? Will you be back? Are you coming back?